a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, Dr. Batar, welcome. I'm sure that you want to talk all about the Super Bowl yesterday. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you even know who was playing? Well, actually, I found out that it was Denver against the Seahawks, but I didn't know until the first quarter. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was really inconsequential. I love love the folks that, you know, it's, it's one thing to be passionate about sports and watching excellence in any endeavor, athletics or otherwise. I have no problem with that. I think in in the big scheme of things, whether one team won or lost, not going to impact you really in the way what we're relating here. Not putting up self-importance, but I'm talking about your book, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. That's the kind of stuff that changes people's lives for the better. And that's not me complaining. It's just me putting perspective on it. I appreciate you saying that, Robert. But the book was written really not for the purpose of, well, not for the purpose that most books are written for. It was actually written because over the previous seven, maybe eight years, because starting in 2002 when I went to South Africa as the opening act for Nick Perricone, starting in 2002 till 2010 when the book came out, for that eight-year period, mm-hmm. people kept asking me, when's your book coming out? When's your book coming out? When's your book coming out? So I actually finally got the book done to get out there so that people could have that uh, guidance that they had been looking for. And as you know the truth, mm-hmm. that really wasn't my first book. The first book yes. was actually the one that's still waiting to come out, which is The Suppression of a Medical Miracle. Right. You were talking about chelation therapy. By the way, welcome all uh, new listeners to Robert Scott Bell Show who watched uh, Carol Alt's A Healthy You on Fox News. Uh, I just want to let you know, if you're new to the show, every week we crank it up on Mondays with Dr. Rashid Bittar. And we do advanced medicine together. And there are literally hundreds of hours. We're now starting our fourth year together. The anniversary of the, of the, uh, the, the launch February 2nd, 2011 happened yesterday. Uh, so wow. the information that, that if you're just joining us, you have a wealth of it. It's like a, an audio library. You wouldn't be able to afford the things that uh, Dr. Batar has brought out with us uh, together here. So uh, very exciting. That's also at medicalrewind.com. But one of my favorite books, and Dr. Batar's heard this, but I'm talking to the new listener now. It's, I mentioned already, it's international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. A lot of folks are asking about what more can I do to learn? What more kids, after they hear you or see you on TV, then they say, okay, now what? And I'm saying get that book. That is a fundamental starting point, in my opinion, for all our new listeners. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Robert, and that's unsolicited, so I do appreciate you saying that. Well, yeah, I'm just thinking about it because, um, you know, Ty was on there. I'm trying to get you connected with Carol Alt as well. She's got a great reach through Fox News. I just did a segment on allergies this past weekend. And, of course, it opens people's eyes and ears and minds in a different way because we're not programming people in the same way the news stories do, where they literally raise their voice and lower their voice to put you in a trance. The things we do tend to shake people out of a trance, and they say, wait a second, what did you just say? I've never heard that, or I've never heard it that way. That makes sense. So suddenly they become open to new information, which is what this Advanced Medicine Monday is all about. And that's one of the things that makes it so inspiring for me because it does set the momentum for the week for myself. It gets it gets everything kind of warmed up. And, you know, we've had so many people from so many different parts of the world now that have come to us. Mm-hmm. And and I had no idea that a lot of them actually started coming. It, it was actually the book in 2010 when it came out that yes. 
a lot more people find out. But even before then, we had patients from about 34 countries. Now we've topped 81 countries, I think 81 or 82 countries. And I've had patients tell me when they come, they're asking me, oh, by the way, Dr. Batar, you know, you and Robert were talking on the radio show last week. And mm -hmm. I'm thinking, wait a second, you're from Adelaide, Australia. Right, what do you right. Mean? And, and, you know, they're they, they listening to the show. So it's pretty cool that it's gone to all four corners of the earth. So yeah. I'm very, very proud of that and grateful for that, too. Well, special shout-out to our friends down under listening through digitalradio-103.com in Australia. Of course, uh, those listening across the pond in the United Kingdom, we love you, too. UKHealthRadio.com and right here at home on GCN and, of course, NaturalNewsRadio.com. We were picked up by Stitcher Podcast and Orion Radio Network recently as well. Uh, we It's hard to keep up with the, the reach, and it's only growing having these other media appearances occur. We're looking forward to everything we can to to get the word out more, Robert, because obviously it's making a difference, and, and that's really humbling as well. As you know, when kids are saying that they want to come and see uh, you at the Natural News and some of these other things that have happened, it mm -hmm. really puts a smile on my face and makes me realize that when I was that age, I, I wasn't that involved. So I'm, I'm grateful that the younger population is also listening to our message and, and getting a benefit out of it. Yeah, seriously. The, uh, you know, the, the teenagers and even preteens that listen and look forward, like, I love listening to Dr. Batar. It's like, really? Did, did we think when we started we were going to be talking to young people th in this way? No. I, it wasn't like we plotted, let's get the young people. <laughs> it just, right. you know, I think they, te they can detect authenticity when they hear it. I, I think you're absolutely right. They're, they're purer than when we reach our adult stage. They say that the purest mind is that of a child. So they're resonating for some reason. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the, one of our one of our teenage listeners, I believe, is Brandon, uh, and he says uh, he, he was he's in a statistics class, I believe, in high school. And he said, uh, he said this, he says, funny, I had another thing in statistics class, but this time it was my statistics book. It actually had a problem asking why unethical experiments do not justify the results of the study. It mentioned the Willowbrook State School hepatitis study. Uh, I'm not familiar with that, but that's what he's referencing here. He says, I was shocked to find out that the institution, mostly for the mentally retarded, were deliberately infected with hepatitis. The researchers even argued that almost all the children became infected anyway. Wow. The results contributed to development of effective vaccines. That's what they claim. And so basically they're saying, well, you know, we, we can infect them because they're going to get infected anyway. I mean, this is just brutal. Yeah, it's, it's borders of insanity. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the conversations we had before we went on the air, Robert, today, we were talking when we were talking with Ty was, you know, how people are becoming more and more aware. And some of the books that have been put out there, some of the information that's being disseminated now, that, Awareness is the one thing that it's so refreshing to see because more and more of the people are actually becoming cognizant of some of these components. And I actually made a mistake. I had a conversation this morning with Dr. Victor Marcel Vega, who's a friend of mine. And yes. I was saying Ty, but actually I was talking with him. And he was the one, he's in Puerto Rico, and he was talking about how so many things are becoming more egregious from the system, from, from the hierarchy. And yet, despite these egregious actions that are taking place in some of the, from, from the people that control the system, uh, in other words, you know, punishments towards doctors and this and that, and, right. and the absurdity of some of the things and some of the studies that are being done, despite all that, the raw lay public, they're almost seeing this as amusing now because they realize the truth. They, you know, we've talked about if somebody said, trust the government right. 15 right. years ago, people would, or trust your doctor, people would. Now, if you say trust your government or trust your doctor or trust what, 
people look at you like you're you're delusional and you're psychotic. Yeah, yeah, are you crazy? Those that do, of course, well, we we can't reach them. We realize we're, we can't reach everybody, but we're here for when 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 those folks are ready and they're woke, waking up. We're here to help them along the way. You know, on the issue of uh, the wake ups, you know, in media. Uh, recently, there was another attack on our good friend Liam Sheff, and they they pulled video footage from House of Numbers where he talks about the non-validity, non-standards of the HIV test, and also referencing this Padean study, which basically followed these discordant couples over, I don't know what it was equivalent of 70 years, I can't remember at the moment, of all kinds of sexual interactions without so-called protection, and there was zero uh, uh, serial conversions. In other words, no one went from HIV negative to HIV positive, and they attacked him because, well, Liam's not really a scientist, right? He's not mm. one of us, so he can't comment on this. That's always a last resort when everything else falls by the wayside and they can't appeal to the intellect of their audience, then they'll fall back to the credential aspect. Yeah, that and that is isn't that a failed argument at that point when it's all well you're not trained in this particular field so you have no ability to comment on it you know it well, completely it's, it's a strategy though it's a strategy designed to minimize the individual that they're discussing this with <laughs> yeah we'll we'll entertain you and listen to you but you you really you're still in diapers it, yeah that, it's the authoritarians I mean it's like how many people can stomach that I I've always had this for me if if I came in with something this lifetime Doctor Batar it's a, a complete uh, distrust and a revulsion is associated with those who are authoritarians. It's one thing mm-hmm. to have knowledge and, and, and know it and use it and disseminate it, but it's another to limit others' access to it. Absolutely. I totally agree. And if you have knowledge and you don't disseminate that knowledge, if you have information and, and wisdom that you don't share with people, in my book, if there is such a thing as a sin, mm-hmm. then that's the sin. Well said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So attacking the messenger... And that way, though, the, the irony is that it's all backfiring because it, it, people are now being exposed to the information even as they attack someone like Liam to say, well, he's not one of us. He's not really a scientist. You know, Robert, if you were if you were in that position of authority and you had the credentials and somebody came in and started arguing against you and made all the sense in the world, had all the proof, but they didn't have the credentials, well, what would and, – and, and you were, of course, vested in your belief system to the point that you lacked integrity – what else would you do? You'd attack the fact that he doesn't have any credentials. Yeah. And you'd do it in a minimizing type fashion by, you know, oh, well, he doesn't have the credentials and you can't really say anything because, you know, you don't know anything about this subject. That's that's a normal strategy. But, again, people are seeing through it. Yeah, it used to work much more efficiently than it does now. That's for sure. And uh, it's a good sign. I mean, listen, say what you will about Ty, Dr. Batar, but the fact that he's a, a CPA and not a doctor and he's written about it, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails who would say, well, he's a, a crazy quack doctor. He's like, he doesn't pretend to be anything that he is not. And so the information gets out there in a different way, but it's landing. Well, just for the people that are listening, Robert, remember who introduced you to Ty? It is you, Dr. Batar. I am grateful and, and for I that. I told you that he's a great guy and you need to have him on the show. In fact, the first time he appeared in the Robert Scott Bell show was with uh, on, on the Medical Rewind segment. That's right. And uh, so Ty is, you know, a, a very good friend. He's... Um, Oh, hold He's, that! Hold that thought. He's going to want to record that. We got to take. No, a no, break. don't let him hear this. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Head. I call him Big Head already. Uh oh. We'll be right back. Doctor Roger Bintar, Robert Scott Bell on Advanced Medicine Monday version of the Robert Scott Bell Show. More at Medical Rewind. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rock in the health world through the power of radio. 
It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Talking a little bit about the authoritarian limitations on on your knowledge out there to heal. You know, this is the pathway of bringing the power to heal back to you. I mean, that's what, uh, Dr. Patar, a big part of your mission, ours, that's why we get together and do this and have such a great time. Uh, We're getting more and more questions about this as people realize that they might have the ability to do the things we've been saying they do. But still, it's also new. And it, it is why that, you know, we, we continue to put out this kind of information and it's kind of like gentle, sometimes not so subtle reminders of these things that we maybe uh, never knew. And it's like, what do you mean you're, you're reminding me? I never heard this stuff before. But in a, in a sense, there's a, you know, when you align with a piece of information that you just know is right, even though you may have never heard it before, it goes well beyond, you know, that, that I've never heard it before concept. Yeah, it's a, it's a resonance aspect yes. that you're talking about, but you're absolutely right. People just need to be reminded they do have the power, uh, and, and that the way that the creator designed the system, I mean, we are the perfect machine. There is no more perfect machine. Name me one machine that the more you use it, the better it gets. <laughs> yes. And- so it's the ultimate engineer created us, and the design, I have always believed, and actually even... In the Islamic religion, in the Islamic traditions, it says that there's no disease that's been put on the planet without a cure for that same disease have all, you know, also been here. So basically, that means that our bodies have the ability to heal. And if we need any assistance, it's already here in the planet. It doesn't mean that man made it. It doesn't mean that we created it out of some type of synthetic or something, but it's the solutions are in front of us and we just need the right guidance. I I tell my patients, just because I don't know how to help you doesn't mean that you can't be helped. And, you know, first of all, you need to believe that you can be helped. And that's the biggest challenge in medicine, Robert, is Mm -hmm. getting people to believe that they really have the ability to get better. Why? Yeah. Why is it so it's so easy to get them to believe they have cancer, (laughs) not that they can actually reverse it? Exactly. Why is that so important? Why is that so hard? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes back to what they've been brainwashed with, what our society right. has led people to believe. Because when people hear the word, you have cancer, they don't hear it as, well, you have the symptom of an underlying imbalance that needs to be addressed. They hear it as a death sentence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an indoctrination from the media perpetuated by that hierarchy to disempower individuals, which is completely in, you know, opposition of what we're trying to do which is to empower people to understand that look you have the power yeah but the c word or cancer diagnosis or many of these diagnoses so invested with the emotion of fear that you actually have more more uh, let's say success manifesting disease than health because they don't they don't support you with programming of emotion and, in, and intensity and excitement with creating health in the same way they do with creating disease absolutely because their incentive is all based upon the disease process they only get remunerated, doctors, hospitals, um, all these, all the supporting staff for hospitals, all the um, various, you know, emergency medicine services and insurance companies, et cetera, et cetera. They only get remunerated when there's a sick person. Now, if you really want to see how economies work, just imagine if you created a paradigm shift where no longer does a doctor or a hospital or any ancillary health professional get paid when the individual is sick they only get paid mm-hmm. when people are healthy as soon as a person becomes sick that means that they're not doing the job and they no longer get paid you watch how fast people start getting healthy yeah uh, yeah exactly and, and of course all of the government intervention over the past 100 plus years since the flexen report of 1910 has been invested in the disease making profitability 
uh, machinery. You know, you talked about the beauty of the the human body, the machine that is self-correcting when given the right things and when removing the things that aren't supposed to be there, which is, you know, this is what you do when people come to see you primarily. And you can read about that in, of course, Dr. Batar's book. But th- this is so basic, but it takes away that power, that authoritarian structure to say, I'm the go-between. You can't do this yourself. Therefore, I will profit handsomely off of your uh, ignorance that we in- enforce. This is one of the reasons that, Robert, I think that you and I have uh, such synchronicity because we both believe, using different modalities and different tools perhaps, but we both believe in the innate ability of the system mm-hmm. to get healthy if given the right tools and given the right environment, meaning that you get rid of the stuff that shouldn't be in the system mm-hmm. and get it get out, of, get out of the way of the system itself to allow it to heal and as soon as an individual starts to experience that path as they're going down the right path, they start realizing that they have been yes. victim and, and a, a victim and a, um, a dependent upon the system the way it is. And suddenly their power starts to dissipate and the power that's dissipating from them starts to come back into the individual. They start Yeah, to be- and that's the scariest thing for that authoritarian structure. Exactly. Listen, we're going to take a break. We're going to answer some listener questions, continue our, our wonderful discussion, healing discussion here on Advanced Medicine Monday after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Always digging our discussions, Dr. Batar, and of course, you know, the reality is uh, we don't have to take, uh, let's say, that concept of fighting fire with fire. You know, you talked about the book that you were thinking you were going to come out with first, which is, of course, the suppression of the medical miracles, the things you've done with chelation to save your own son and, and, and you know, reverse the uh, toxicity that was introduced via vaccines. And I think the reason that that book couldn't come out first, it's just too powerful. I mean, literally, that that could wipe out the medical power structure as we know it because it, it uses their own doctors to, to, to reverse the problems that they've used their doctors to create the problems. Does that make any sense? Yep, absolutely. And, and you're right. It would be a game changer. It would be a game changer because if the book comes out, it's not going to be just a book that came out. It's going to hit all those lists again, especially now that I am an international best-selling author. It's going to be easier to, to right. get a book out there to the second, you know, to the, the, the second time to do it once you've already established that as a reputational precedence. But then I've also got all the audience from that first book that want this information, so that automatically ensures it's going to be a bestseller. And that stamp of approval from the public is going to be the threatening component to the authoritarian. Um, well, you know, I, I was thinking beyond that, and the, the stamp of approval from the medical community is even more frightening to them because once they lose their own doctors, that's it. That you know. Well, and Actually, I think you need to differentiate that because that mm-hmm. kind of confused me and it's chances that there may be other people that get confused. You're talking about the own the own doctors, meaning the medical profession as yes. opposed to the hierarchy. There's yes, two yes, yes. The, these are the docs that may have gone in for the right reason and that are just stuck in the in the pharmaceutical machinery, don't know a way out. And, of course, the structure holds them there. We've talked about the economic pressures and other things. But the thing is, once that information gets out there, it becomes much harder to control that group of people 
who may not initially have wanted to be controlled but fell into it whatever, for whatever reason. You could, you bring that stuff out, I'm thinking it's game over for them. Well, you're absolutely right because, you know, I was one of those docs too in the beginning and, and most doctors are because you think you're doing the right thing. But as soon as you realize that what's been, what's playing through your mind and what you're doing is actually a big farce and it's all illusion and they control you based upon fear, then you, you know, some people will tend to step out. But as soon as they realize that there is a better option and, and there are solutions and people are getting better, you're absolutely right. Most of those doctors are going to, turn the direction that they're moving and you know maybe sometimes Robert when you and I talk we're talking about the mainstream medical profession and people may be thinking uh-huh. that we're talking about the doctors per se but really the doctors are more victims not that I'm uh, I know you don't excuse them when you say that yeah, I, I understand I don't we, we, yeah, we, I definitely don't excuse them at all I, and I actually have a very low tolerance for doctors as you know but it's yes. really not their fault <laughs> right it's it's actually the fault of the system and that goes back to the Flexner report that you yes. and Ty have talked about and mm-hmm. you know when people understand the historical precedence that was set in order to create the machine that's now you know pumping all, along mm-hmm. then we realize how this whole thing was built on a card of on a house of cards, house of cards yeah. it's all falling apart yeah and they, and they realize it i i believe so and they coming back to the desperation play of attacking messengers with or without uh, medical degrees or backgrounds uh so let, let's go ahead and help uh some of the folks out there asking questions we got loads of them coming in see if we can get to a couple of them here uh sure. today if you're up for it sure Okay, so uh, first one coming through comes from uh, Kelly, and she's asking about something called myasthenia grav- gravis. And she says, I've, I've seen an improvement with adding probiotics lately. Uh, any suggestions? She's 48 years old, and she says menopause is flaring its ugly head. Now, obviously, we can't prescribe for you specifically. It's not what we're doing, but we want to give general information on something like this for Kelly. I can tell you that I have treated four patients with myasthenia gravis, all four people with myasthenia gravis today, to the best of my knowledge, are completely normal. They're no longer in their wheelchairs. Three out of the four were actually in wheelchairs. Um, they're completely normal, no, working normal hours, no normal problems. One of the women actually was it was very is significant. She couldn't even hold her head up. She was in a wheelchair and her head was always tilted to the right or the left. She couldn't hold her head up. And um, again, you know, we can't say that. Because it's worked in four people, it's going to work in everybody. But pretty much, um, you know, my tendency is if I've done something four times and it's worked, then the fifth time, that's the first thing I'm going to try. And sure. very simply, in two words, mercury removal. Right. right. Yeah, mercury toxicity. And, it, you know, it was interesting on my interview, and you'll have to ca- catch it when you get a moment uh, on, on allergies. I mm-hmm. went into, of course, the source of, of the gut and the leaky gut and the hyperimmune response. And I went into, wait, what about candida? A lot of people with candida have allergies. Why do they have candida? <gasps> wait, could it be mercury from yeah, from dental exactly. amalgams, from uh, uh, vaccines? And they actually let that out on Fox News. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. You're going to dig it. I promise. You're going to call me. You're going to I can't believe they let you say that. Well, you know, Fox News is also the one that covered when uh, when that uh, cheerleader, when I treated her and with toxicity aspects, Fox News aired it. I mean, nobody else did, but Fox did. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because there are a lot of folks that when they look at the media and they want to pigeonhole, well, this is conservative, this is liberal. And, I, and I've talked about the, 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 the schizophrenia within the media because the irony is our, our friends on the, on the liberal left are actually more worshipful of modern medicine than some of those in the so-called conservative right. So you can't really pigeonhole a network when they have someone like Carol Alt speaking truthfully about eating cleaner food 
foods and detoxifying and, you know, the, the you know, the, the per, perhaps negative context of, of a vaccine. I mean, these things are stunning that they're coming out now. But again, it's evidence of the sea change in the consciousness shift. Absolutely. And it's inevitable, Robert. It was yeah. inevitable. And the eventual success and domination of this movement over what's out there right now is also inevitable because nature will not tolerate something for nothing for very long. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a sustainable model, which the current medical hierarchy plan is not sustainable, that model is not sustainable, that's one reason that we've gone from the leading uh, nation in healthcare to now 37th in the world. Uh, it's proof positive that it's not sustainable. Right. So it will... It will end up resonating itself out, and new will replace, and that's what we, we're all about, the new. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's another question. This gets into the sinus cavity. And this By is the not, way, do you see how yeah. fast we took care of my stenograph? I, I love that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like I said, we're right on the same page here. Again, for everybody out there, there are a thousand ways to remove metals, if I could say it that way, but there are some that are more direct. Uh, more successful, and especially with a, a, a real serious load and burden. Again, that's what we talk about with what Dr. Batar has achieved over his career uh, with the, the chelation and different mechanisms there. Uh, but, you know, wherever you are, our point is please get started in looking at that and finding strategies and implementing them. Hopefully, if you need a physician, there's someone that knows how to do it. But if you go to drbatar.com, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com, I have it all linked up in the show notes. You'll find access and links to find other docs or contact Dr. Batar's office if you can't come see him. There are others around the country that can help. That's important. Now, moving into the sinus cavity, this is not necessarily allergy related. This is uh, this is coming from, let's see, George. He says, I have suffered from nasal polyps since I developed an allergy to aspirin in my late 30s. That's an interesting thing. I want you to comment on allergy to aspirin in just a moment. But in the last five years, I have had three surgeries. Have you had any success in dealing with the reduction of nasal polyps? A polyp developing is going to, and this goes whether it's in the nose, in the esophagus, in the small intestine, large intestine, you know, things, certain things will develop. Why do polyps develop? And that's the first question. So why do polyps develop? Why do benign tumors develop? Why do malignant tumors develop? Why do lesions develop? And again, it comes back to there's some type of irritation, there's some type of toxicity, there's some type of obstruction of the normal process that allows or creates the need in the, for the body to change. And it's changing because it's trying to adapt. It's trying to survive. It's trying to tolerate something that isn't supposed to be there. So my first question would be trying to figure out why did the polyps develop? And unfortunately, in our modern medical thought process, uh, we're trained in surgery. We're trained at when in doubt, mm-hmm. cut it out. Cut it out, yeah. And so that's obviously not the right answer. Because no, it, 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 well, if we were to ask George, hey, did your doctor ask you about certain lifestyle issues, things, and, and say maybe let's figure out what caused your polyps? I mean, how many doctors are actually trained from the allopathic community to say, well, let's look at that and say hmm, maybe we can change this and they won't come out? I mean, this is clearly a guy who said last five years he's had three surgeries. So who's counseling this guy to say look at cause? Right, you're absolutely right, Robert. And and again, not to defend doctors, you you know you are defending doctors. You say you know how many doctors have asked that question. See, for me, the fundamental question is why isn't a doctor asking that question? Mm-hmm. Because I am a doctor, and I went through the conventional thought process. And you know, so why am I different, or why are my other colleagues that practice like me different? And the reason is is because before I say why, this isn't an accolade for myself or anything, Robert. You know that it's. My, my reason 
why am I different and why are my colleagues different? It's because we have a brain and the brain says, well, wait a second, why is this happening? That's a logical question for anybody. I mean, when you bring a car into a mechanic, yes. mechanic, the first thing the mechanic's going to ask you is what's the problem? And you're going to tell them that the mechanic's question should be, hmm, I wonder why this is happening. It's not like, well, okay, let's go ahead and take your whole engine out and put a new engine in. Right. Trying to figure out what's the cause of it. I mean, I make this equation all the time with people. If you went into your mechanic and you said, look, I've got this flashing light on my dashboard that says, check oil, check oil, check oil, or, or <laughs> check something. Yes. And the, and the mechanic looks at it and says, oh, okay, here, I can, I can fix that. And, um, takes a sledgehammer and hits the dashboard. Or, or let's say he's, he's a, a very highly trained mechanic and he goes in to the fuse box and removes the fuse so no longer is a flashing light going to flash is that going to give you a sense of confidence in that mechanic yeah well and, I mean, and that, that's why i think right now it's a patient-driven movement to change the doctors and and what i was relating yes well a little earlier in the segments um was your book that you initially wanted to write what they said was too hot we could never put it out it's precisely because now it's coming from within, and any doctor, you know, listen, if those that read the nine steps to keep the doctor away will have a hard time continuing in the old ways of going about it with allopathic practice. But if you put it out with the, the details of which you can reveal, you know, that hidden, suppressed miracle. Oh, Robert, you have no idea the details in this book. I mean, the, yeah, the I know. I number of, well, I'm sure you, you know because you've known me for 10 years, so you know exactly which way it's going to go. Yeah. But it's going to have, well, I, I don't want to give it away because. I don't want to start being attacked before the book comes out from the hierarchy. So I'm going to wait. Once the book's out, then, you know, let sure, them do sure. all the attacks that they want. But you know, the point is that if you see that mechanic yeah. hitting your dashboard with a sledgehammer, taking that fuse out, you know in your heart you're going to know, well, this is the wrong mechanic because they're just trying to deal with the symptom. And the mm. symptom here is that flashing light, whereas the underlying problem is something underneath the hood of your car. Right. So you have to go underneath the hood of your car to fix that problem. And doctors should be doing the same thing. And in order to be able to go under the hood to fix the problem, the first question is, why is this happening? Yes. But that, nobody's yes. asking that question. Well, so you when, when I say that, when we talk about why, why aren't these other doctors doing that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you, you, you made a comment they're not trained to it. Well, I wasn't trained for it either, Robert. Yeah, so, so what's what their excuse? What is there? When we come back, we're going to find out. Do they have an excuse? Is it excusable? And we're going to wrap up today's Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show on Natural News Radio. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Yeah, whether we're talking philosophy, uh, you know, he, of healing and the practical aspects of it, and weaving it all in between, Doctor Batar, uh, you know, whether no one listens, and I know there are lots that do. I just enjoy getting together with you because there's no other way we could. We're all too busy, so we know we have to do this. <laughs> but it's it, it's great again, and I want to go uh, back to the listeners with another question since we were able to nail those other two so quickly. Sarah says she has a dry cough daily. She believes it could be from her high blood pressure medicine. She's taken 2.5 milligrams of the uh, generic, I think she called it Zyac. Uh, uh-huh. Any perspective on this? My doctor doesn't think it's related, and, uh, and she's unable to find research on the subject or ways to prevent it. And there you go. Sarah's got a dry cough. Well, this is one of those type of questions that's very difficult how you answer it. Because if a patient comes to me and they're in a doctor-patient relationship with me, I know exactly what I would say, but we can't say that on the air, Robert, because that's where 
our friends the and the FDA that listen to us, you know, would have a heyday with this. Right. What what you have to what the patient has to understand is, or the person has to understand is that there's always a side effect from some kind of medication. Medications cause obstruction or blocking of pathways, whereas a natural substance enhances pathways. That's the inherent difference between a pharmaceutical and a natural substance. A natural substance is going to open up the pathways, enhance pathways, whereas pharmaceuticals are designed to block certain things. Right. Beta blockers, calcium channel blockers, you know, angiotensin receptor blockers, this blocker, that blocker. Mm-hmm. Now, if she's coughing and she thinks intuitively, she feels right. that something to do with the medication, then she needs to find a different doctor, go to that different doctor and tell them, I want to change my blood pressure medication. Now, we're going to put aside the fact whether the person even needs blood pressure medication or not because sure. if I say that, then somebody's going to get them off their blood pressure medication. They could potentially have a stroke. So you definitely need to bring down your blood pressure, but there's ways to do that. Mm-hmm. So then you need to go to a competent doctor, and in this case, whether to change the medications or, or do the right things to so that the blood pressure comes back down. Regardless of that, the point is if it's a cough that's related to medication, have the medication changed or figure out another way to get your blood pressure down, and then you will know whether or not the blood pressure medication originally mm-hmm. being used was the causative factor for the coughing because you will have either stopped or you'll continue coughing. Yeah. You just simply go to another doctor and get get the solution. And and Sarah, you know, to your question, as a homeopath, I look at that and I I see dry cough and I'm thinking, whoa, Bryonia alba, which is the common hops, but in homeopathic form, indicated. And guess what Bryonia is a polycrest for? The liver, (laughs) you know, even though it addresses coughing and lung issues, it's a liver polycrest. So what do we know as we say about these medications? And you said it so well, it intoxicates the body. The liver has to work hard to metabolize and excrete that which doesn't exist in nature in any form. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if she just goes to another doctor and, you know, gets the advice and tries different things, she'll know. Exactly. Of course, that that brings back again the intuition as well as the uh, knowledge of the body you're inhabiting while you have it uh, is so much more vast than any doctor uh, who claims to know more about you based on, you know, well, that's just your intuition. You don't know again because you're not a doctor. Remember, we st- we almost started with this authoritarian structure. She's asking a sincere question. We're not telling her to drop her meds. That's not the perspective here. Just to give her information to say, yes, follow up on your intuition. It's guiding you. It's trying to communicate something to you. What is it? If your doctor will not work with you in that level, then you're right. You have an obligation to yourself and your body to find someone who will. Absolutely, Robert. That's I completely wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Yeah. So, uh, wow. You know, we we still got a, a kind of a bonus minute or two. Are there any upcoming events uh, we can talk about that you'll be traveling to in, in the near future that we should know? Uh, there are a couple of uh, symposiums that I'm presenting at coming up in March, but they're private. They're a corporate okay. uh, Fortune 100 company that has asked me to come and give uh, presentations to some of their leadership. So, nice. it, unfortunately, it's not open to the public. But it's a couple hundred people within a Fortune 100 company, so it's pretty, you know, pretty innovative from that standpoint. Well, and those folks tend to tend to be uh, shapers of policy and impact. They have a, a large or broad sphere of influence. So for them to be exposed to the kind of experience and sharing that you would give them, that gives me more confidence in the future. You know, when you reach those folks. Well, the the CEO of the company is is a great man. I, I met him a few years back, and um, the more I learned about him, the more impressed I was. He was the guy that I mentioned to you that basically mandated getting mercury out of the mouths of all his employees 65,000 employees worldwide and wow and and did it for his employees and you know that's a lot of extra money and um but yeah he's a great guy and uh you know beautiful he sent his plane a couple of times to come pick me up to go wow. meet with him or this or that so it's 
he, you're right. He is going to shape policy. Yeah, and that's not, and that's not making the front page news, but it is here on the Robert Scott Bell Show each and every week when we get together with Dr. Rashid Bittar. Remember the nine steps to keep the doctor away, the international bestseller, especially for all our new listeners coming off of Fox News and a healthy you and Carol Alt. We appreciate you as well. Dr. Bittar, thanks. We're all only left to remind each and every one of you out there, and you know it, the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. 